from the Diocese of Gallup. Welcome to CloseureCast. I'm Director of Communications, Suzanne Hammonds. Oops. And with me, as always, is your host, Bishop James Wall. Bishop Wall, how are you today? I'm well, Suzanne. How are you? Pretty good. Um, good. Very good. Just can't believe it's October already. I know. It's, it's the greatest month. Yeah, it is. It's a of great the year. It's especially in the best day of the year is the 11th, outside of December 25th. Yeah, and the 11th is... That's my birthday. <laughs> yes. So it's also the anniversary of the opening of the council and all that oh stuff. Oh, yeah. And Those are secondary, though. Yeah, so. they are. Exactly. <laughs> um, and it's also, uh, whether for good or good or ill, it's uh, like about a month out from the 2020 election, which is kind of what we wanted to talk, to, uh, talk about today. And uh, we're discussing, I guess, just ways that, uh, you know, good citizenship for Catholics and probably... I don't know if, if other people are feeling stressed out, especially with 2020 and the coronavirus and everything. If they're just feeling anxious about the election and different issues. So we thought we'd discuss that a little bit. Yeah, and we, I know that you, you put together an outstanding page for us on our our uh, website, diceseofgallup.org. Yeah. You just go there and click, and there's a ton of resources to, uh, to help to, to properly form someone's conscience and so that they can... Uh, make a good informed decision on uh, November 3rd, or if they vote early or by mail, that yeah, seems to be yeah. entertaining as it is. So all sorts of options. Yeah. So what's been on, on your mind recently when, we, when we're thinking about the election? And it's not just the presidential election. I mean, there's, um, um, you know, local, local issues as well, depending on what state or where you are. Um, is there anything that's kind of struck you recently? Yeah, you have, so you, mean you have uh, national, you have state, you have local, there's all sorts of elections. And I, I just think one of the most important things is that, you know, Catholics participate, you know, in the public life. That you, I mean, we have such a great gift to bring to the public square and, um, and, and not to, um, sometimes people say, well, you, you shouldn't be bringing your faith into decision-making. And I say, well, if, if you're not bringing your faith into a decision-making, then your, your faith is pretty shallow or not existent at all. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also another way of, of, uh, of trying to quiet uh, people of faith. But it's our, it's our um, foundation in this country, Judeo-Christian. Yeah. So, um, well, we, you know, we, we pulled together, and I think they're pretty helpful. We pulled together these 10 suggestions for faithful Catholics in electing um, public officials, and we posted that on the website. And one of the reasons that we did this was we have a, a wonderful document from the, the Bishops' Conference, um, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, on forming consciences for faithful citizenship. And it's a pretty lengthy document. I highly recommend that people read it, but it can be, it, it's, a, it's, a little, it's, it, it's a little wordy, I should say. But it's good. It's very, very good. And what it does is it helps to form your conscience so you can make a, a good informed decision. Um, you know, unlike, you know, this, this is what we do. We respect someone's freedom to make a choice and to make a decision, but we want to make sure that we're giving them the necessary tools to make a good informed uh, choice. And uh, unlike, you know, maybe some of our separated brothers and sisters of, of the Christian faith, you know, they'll, they'll get up and say, vote for this person, or they'll let somebody stand up in their, their pulpit and, uh, and essentially give a, a you know, a, a an election, a campaign speech. We don't do that. Yeah. We just we just don't do that. And um, the main reason why we do it, we don't do that, is because again, we 
we want to inform our people, we want to inform them well with the truth, and we want to respect their freedoms in order to make a, a good decision. So we came up with these 10 suggestions, kind of drawing from you know, different people, Pope Francis, uh, you know, Bishop Olmsted, the Bishop of Diocese Phoenix, um, a nice old document that came out of the, the USCCB that you just mentioned, and then uh, also one of my favorite saints, St. Augustine. So I don't know if you want, we can just maybe go down and go through those. Yeah, It'd be absolutely. kind of fun to talk about. So the first one, uh, it says, a good Catholics immerse themselves in politics by offering the best of themselves so that the leader can govern. That's a quote directly from our Holy Father, Pope Francis. So that's what we lead with. We lead with that. that, that. And I think what better quote to lead with than something from the successor of St. Peter. And then, you know, what we want to do is we want to participate in the election process is to exercise good and responsible citizenship. Again, we're, we're all citizens of the United States, whether you're a person of faith or not. And if you're a person of faith, you might be, you know, a Catholic person, you might be you know, a Jewish person, Muslim, whatever the case might be. And um, that, that, should, um, that should never disqualify you from, from participating. Mm -hmm. But... Your, your voice should be heard, and it should be informed by your faith. So I think that's one of the important things to always remember. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think, well, what would you say? I mean, sometimes we hear, um, I think it's even in, in popular elections, it's only a fraction of the populace that actually do go out and vote. So sometimes I think we, we um, hear about fellow citizens, or maybe we even ourselves think, well, what's the point? You know, yeah. it, sometimes you, you might not be thrilled about any of the choices you have. So would you encourage, you know, maybe, I always I always think that people sort of ignore local elections. You, know, sure. you get the presidency is always the big thing, and then nobody ever turns out for, like, the school board or something like sure. that. So, I mean, do you, have, do you have recommendations for people who think that it's sort of pointless to participate? You know, not everybody in the United States who lives in the United States can vote. So yeah. it's, a, it's a really a, a privilege to vote. And I would say, because it's a privilege, take, you know, if you think of all the people who wish they could vote, they can't. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you know, take that opportunity, you know, take advantage of that privilege in order to make your voice heard. And, um, yeah, it's your way of participating in the public life of, of the greatest country in the world. Yeah. And um, so I, I it, not to vote is also to make a decision. I think sometimes people say, well, I'm not making the decision to vote. Well, that's a decision, too. And really, it's it's not a good decision. It's it's not it's not that hard yeah. to vote, and it seems like everybody has an opinion on politics. So why not make that opinion heard? Yeah. So second one, party affiliation or the personal faith of the candidate are less important than the proposals, platform, and record of that candidate. So. You know, for, for many people, and I, I, I speak about this from a faith-based perspective, mm -hmm. I think for many people, um, their, their, their politics have become their religion, yeah. where they identify more as a Democrat or Republican or Libertarian or whatever, whatever it is, you know. Um, and that's, that's become what, they're, they're, what mostly identifies them. Mm -hmm. And... That's sad because your your party affiliation is not going to get you into heaven, which is the ultimate goal <laughs> in life. Yeah. And um, and so uh, I, that's that's one of the things that I think we really want to avoid. 
And the other thing I think we want to avoid is, well, I'm going to vote for this person because this person's the same faith in me as, as I am. Mm-hmm. I think that's something we also want to avoid. Um, those things can influence us, but they're not the most important thing. So we really want to take a look at what does the person propose, what's the platform that this person runs on, and then also take a look at what this person did or said in the, in the past. Yeah. And I think that's really important, too. So if a candidate says, I'm going to do this, 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 and then if we look back and say, well, that person promised to do this, 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 and, and never did this, 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 that we can, uh, we can say, well, I don't, I don't know if I'm a really, if that person's not, you know, like a man or a woman of, of his or her word. Yeah, which leads us right, right into the third one. Yeah, and this is, this is, this is big. This is really big, and that's uh, since truth is often a casualty of political rhetoric, one is better off looking at the public record of the person's actions and not simply what they say. And I, I would say we're right on the heels of the presidential election, I put yeah. the, or the presidential debate, yeah. and I want to put that in quotes <laughs> because it, was, um, it, it wasn't much of anything. I don't think, it, you know, whatever side you, you, you fall on, I don't think it was much of a debate at all. It was just kind of an an angry shouting match yeah. and and you know I think when we're little one of the things the, some of the things we're, we're told not to do as a little kid yeah don't tell somebody to shut up don't call names don't tell somebody they're stupid yeah. and I think within the first 20 minutes we had all three of those things yeah. in from the leader of the free world the former vice president of the United States and and both of these men want to be our next president and, and I thought, that's just, just sad. And, and then I also thought, you know, what sort of model is that, that, that yeah. passing on? If there, if there is one thing that united all of us, I think it was the reaction. Everybody had the same reaction. The people were having fun. I saw gifts of, you know, grumpy old men. Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon, like, yelling at each other. There's that one. I, 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 I'm going to, you know, I, I sent to a few of my friends the, the, the two guys from the Muppets. Yeah. Oh. You know, the old, the old angry guy. Yeah. What are their names? Do we know? Uh, Statler and Waldorf. These guys are awesome. Yeah. I love the Muppets, by the way. I'm a big, oh, big fan of the Muppets. Or like, uh, have you seen Napoleon Dynamite? I have. Where they do a little slap fight in the kitchen. Yeah. You know, at least we had... It, he and his, what's his brother's name? Kip. Kip, yeah. yeah. So Kip. If there's, if there's anything that good that can That was one thing I saw that united people on both sides, was at least we were <laughs> all making fun of it together. And, uh, but, but I, yeah, I, I, I thought... So I think what that one was... Um, I, you know, I, I eventually, about 15, 20 minutes before it was older, over, I, I literally turned it off yeah, because did. I had a headache. I had, And I don't get headaches. I had a headache. Yeah, I it made really, it like five minutes. You made it further than I did. And so um, you really have to go back and listen carefully. And um, I heard somebody did this. They just listened to the audio. And it was a little easier to hear yeah. what they were saying. Um, but you really, I mean, you just, you just have to filter out all the other stuff to try to hear what's going on. Yeah. But I think that's a that's a good example right there. You know, truth is often a casualty of political rhetoric. Yeah. And um, that was just, you know, who could yell the loudest, who could interrupt the person the most. And, and it, it wasn't just a presidential debate. debate. We see that all over the, all yeah. over the place. Oh, yeah. So that's something that we've, um, we've, we've kind of lost. We've we really seemed to lo- lost a sense of uh, civility in our, in our, in our political rhetoric. Yeah. And um, hopefully we can capture those things. I think our last point, when we get to that, I think the last point is the one that really sums it all up. So mm-hmm. that was our third point. So fourth, the fourth point, beware of political propaganda. 
and uh, including from the press, uh, see concrete facts uh, uh, of, of the matter. So, um, yeah, I think we always have, what's the big, you know, big, the big uh, saying, you know, fake news, fake news. Yeah. And, um, and, and I think we, we have to know, you know, we, you, do, you do your own research, you really have to be careful about what people say, do, what they put out there. Well, if we can plug, I always like to plug Catholic News Agency every chance I get because their reporting is a little dry, but that's that's good. That's how it should be. It's they just they're really great at just laying out the facts. Yeah, and I really, agree. Yeah, and and kind of just getting right to what the story is. There's no flourishes or embellishments or anything like that. I agree. You know, another good little plug is for um, the uh, when when uh, J D Flynn and Ed Condon they do their podcast that comes out every Friday. Editor's Desk. Editor's Desk. Yeah. It's outstanding. And they, they cover a lot of these topics from a, a Catholic perspective. And then, you know, another plug for my buddy, Patrick mm-hmm. Madrid, he does that every morning. Um, it's 7 to 10 our time, which is Mountain Daylight Time. Yeah. And, um, and it's, it's another one where you can get a good Catholic perspective and discussions. People call in. Yeah. Um, disagree with them, agree with them. It's it's pretty. It's fairly entertaining. Well, and I think it's important too to not just stick to one news source. We t- we tend to stick to a source on one side or the other and sort of distrust anything outside sure. of that. But if you can find you know a couple of different sources, because a lot of times one paper will cover something that another's not. Sure. You know, and it's hard. <laughs> I'd say it's it's hard sometimes to to find like the truth, uh, you know, free of bias or sensationalism, but. Well, you know, and you and I have had that experience where we've we've done interviews with, with national papers or local yeah. papers, or, and um, we've we've told them what was true. We've we've experienced things. We we put it out there, and then you read the story, and you're thinking, said, is that yeah. the same story? Yeah. You know, is this this? And uh, so there's a the whole thing. I think where a lot of people editorialize. Yeah. You know, it's kind of agenda driven, um, and so we have to be very very careful of that. Con- you know, be I think. It's, cognizant of that that those are the things that that can happen as well so um you know propaganda was just wasn't something that just the nazis or the uh the soviet union did yeah. propaganda is something that that's sadly alive and in, in, in a well in a well right now so uh, our fifth point actions and actual legislation of the past can be a good indicator of what a politician will do in the future and that that, that kind of uh, plays off of one of the other ones that we've 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 already given. I like um, real quick. Just want to plug, uh, and we'll we'll have all of these that we're mentioning in the show notes. But on the issues, I think it's onthisshoes.org or it could be .com. That's a really quick way to look up any candidate or anybody who has any kind of history, and they, they break it down into sections. So you can see, you know, what is somebody's actual record, not sure. just what they say, but what did how did they vote on foreign policy? How did they vote on life issues? How did they vote on, you know. Uh, criminal reform, things like that. And it's, it's really just quick. You can see exactly if they supported it or didn't, or if they're in the middle, you can see their ratings from different groups. So like, you know, we're going to be talking about some life issues soon, but you can see like if, um, you know, Planned Parenthood gives a candidate a hundred percent approval rating, you know, or a zero percent approval rating. So they, they bring in organizations that have also rated these politicians and that kind of gives a quick overview of exactly what they've done. Sure. So. Sure. Good. Good. So, um, political parties, so that's number six, mm-hmm. political parties and candidates evolve and change 
consider not only what they supported in the past, but the direction they are going now. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I think that's that's a really important one. Let's look at the life issue, mm-hmm. because we can look at a candidate that maybe at one point you know he was very very pro life, and then over a period of time he's he's kind of turned and turned and turned. Slowly the ship has turned, um, where you know they they don't want any restrictions on abortion or. You might have had a candidate, and, and these are the ones that we love, is mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe they were at one time they believed that uh, abortion was good, that it was a right to choose for a woman or whatever the mantra is. But um, they've, you know, they've seen the light. You know, we've seen, uh, like, notorious abortionists mm-hmm. have these, these great conversion experiences. So, you know, I think that's a, that's a good example of something like that. So, you know, to know that there's always room for conversion, always room for conversion of heart, that once somebody is is in a um, uh, has a particular p- position, that we can pray for that person that their th- that person that their heart might be softened, mm-hmm. and uh, that they can turn away from whatever uh, sinful position that it is that they hold. We're right here. We're we're talking about um, you know we're talking about the, uh, the the gift of sanctity of life. Yeah, we just had the uh, the gospel reading a couple weeks ago about the. Um the laborers in the field, you know, the one who came in late, yeah. and everybody else was grumbling against him. But it's like, even if you change your, you know, the idea is even if you uh, convert or, re, you know, come to the truth late, it's just as, you know, you're considered um, repented in the eyes of Christ just the same, you know. Sure, I was just hearing a story about St. John Vianney, who we know was given the gift from the Lord to be able to read someone's soul. And there was a woman, uh, I think it was a family member, maybe husband, who had the, the husband had committed suicide, and the woman was just really distraught, worried about the state of his soul, worried that he had gone to hell. But the Lord had given him an insight that right before he had passed, uh, he had repented. Yeah. And that, um, you know, my guess is there, well, who knows? I mean, the Lord can do anything. My guess is that person went to purgatory or whatever yeah. the case might be, or maybe straight to heaven because that, re- that repentance was so perfect. But... Um, so you never know, right? Yeah. Never know that and that that gospel passage that you pointed out, right? That very very um, last minute that speaks about that conversion of heart. We kind of see this too, even all over our. It's really popular right now. It's like cancel culture. Yeah. That you dredge up something that somebody has done in the past or said in the past, and you hold that against them forever. You use that as like their. Our world views people views repentance as it's it's not a thing. You know, they, there's no chance for redemption if you said something bad one time. That's it. You I, you know, I would like to think that I'm a better person today than I was in junior high, yeah, or high school or college, yeah. or was a newly ordained priest. I would like to think that I've, you know, you like little by little, you put off the old man and you put on the new man, which is Christ. Yeah. Um, look at somebody like Saint Augustine, or look exactly. at somebody like Saint Paul. You know, could you imagine if you know society wanted to continue to shackle? Uh, either either, uh, either of these men with this, well, you used to be this, so we're not going to listen to you now. Yeah. Rather than you've had this great conversion experience, you're 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 a new man in Christ. You've put on the armor of light, put off the deeds of darkness, and um, and and look at the great uh, great gift that they were able to, able to give to the world because of that. But yeah, I think the key is you know don't put it off until the end. It's like uh, yeah. studying for a test. <laughs> and I think we've all had this experience. If you cram the night before, as opposed to you know, studying, you know, leading up to the test, 99.9% of the time you're going to do better uh, than if you uh, 
cram the night before. Yeah. I've experienced that millions and millions of times, being the procrastinator that I am. And of course, this goes for both, you know, any sides. It's not just one or the other. We like to see, you know, you see somebody say, this person did this in the past. Like, one party, so if the party's different from you and they're a leader from that party did something bad in the past, you dredge it up and vice versa. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just gross. You don't get to revel in someone else's misdeeds. Sure, you know? sure. So, uh, seventh one, although the ideal would be virtuous candidates, to elect someone to public office does not mean approval of the personal life of that person or even all that they propose. Often, in fact, it is a process of choosing the lesser evil. <laughs> and uh, I, I think, that unfortunately, that's, you know, when we go into cast ballots, you know, we're not, we're not casting ballots for Mother Teresa or John Paul II or Mother Cabrini or who, you know, these, these great virtuous saints. I don't think I'd even want them to. It's like you'd worry about if they ended up running a country. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's one of the things, too. And, you know, we, we do look at the, the, the candidate. We do want to look for character. We want to look for virtue being operative in the person's life. But to realize that um, that's... Like I said, we're not going to find the saint. If we did, that'd be mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have a history of having great leaders, great kings and queens, and who 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 were saints because they were virtuous. Yeah. But sad to say that they're they're few and far between. Yeah. And um, so we, I think, that sets the bar what we should look for. But you know, the, the reality is, is that many times that's not what we're going to find. Um, so I, I know there's times when we'll go on. You know, I, I like the, I like what this person stands for, but I really just don't like this person's character. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes that's we, we have to make that decision, trusting that that person's gonna, um, when you know he or she gets into office, they're gonna make a good they're gonna make a, a good choice, good, yeah. the right choice. Um, and this comes from a, a great little thing that came out from Bishop Olmsted, Diocese of Phoenix, and this is a quote: "There are several issues that are." non-negotiable for Catholics in political life because they involve matters that are always wrong given their nature. Mm -hmm. So that would be uh, that would an, an act that is an, an intrinsically evil act. That's what we would say. That would be an act that's always wrong. So let's just throw a few out. These are the ones I always pray for and pray, pray for. And obviously the, the obvious one is abortion. Yeah. Uh, euthanasia, that seems to be popping up more and more and more in, country, in uh, states and Unfortunately, that's going through the judicial process in a lot of states. That's how people yep. are getting some of these things uh, through. Um, you know, uh, embryonic stem cell research that, that destroys lives, right? That's that, uh, related to abortion. Um, you know, use of contraception again. That's uh, against life, mm -hmm. and, and uh, many uh, forms of contraception can be abortifacient. So those are four I always pray. For an end to because I know them right off the top of my head, and so I'd say those are those are just four obvious ones. Yeah. That uh, acts that are always wrong. It's it's an it's an, an act that is intrinsically evil. So when we say that, um, I, I was kind of going through the catechism at this great catechism. It comes from Australia. Unfortunately, you can't get it here. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like contraband. But uh, I was I was reading the definition they give us for evil, and it says the opposite or absence of good, one form of evil, physical evil, is a result of the state of journeying toward its ultimate perfection in which God created the world. 
involving the existence of the less perfect alongside the more perfect, the constructive and the destructive forces of nature, the appearance and disappearance of certain beings. Moral evil, however, results from the free choice to sin which angels and men have. It is permitted by God, who knows how to derive good from it, in order to respect the freedom of his creatures. The entire revelation of God's goodness in Christ is a response to the existence of evil. Um, so, you know, think about the, the angels. I think the one we all think about right away would be Lucifer, yeah. right? And some of the church fathers say that what caused Lucifer to rebel was um, revealing or having knowledge of the incarnation. Hmm. And so, it, which is, you know, which is... Um, you know, I mean, there's all sorts of pride, which is the root of all, all uh, sin anyways that's there. But, um, you know, it's, God gives us that ability to choose him, right, to freely choose him, uh, to freely choose good over uh, bad, to freely choose love over, you know, over evil. And we're given that choice, and, he's, and we're given that choice out of love, out of perfect love. And so we, we have the ability to make that moral choice. And obviously we want to make sure we're making a choice for what's right and true and good and beautiful. So I think that's, uh, that's important for us to remember. The ninth one, this is a lengthy one because we have a nice little quote in there. And this comes from the bishop's um, document on forming faith, conscience for faithful citizenship. This is the one that got a bit of press because at the meeting in 2000 18, I want to say, in the November meeting, 2018, this is the one that that, uh, that hit the floor and we had a bit of a discussion over. Um, but this is, so So this refers number eight. So examples of, of number eight include legal support for abortion and legalized euthanasia. And here comes the quote. There are some things we must never do as individuals or as a society. These are called intrinsically evil actions. They must always be rejected and opposed and must never be supported or condoned. A prime example is the intentional taking of innocent human life as an abortion or euth and euthanasia. In our nation, abortion and euthanasia have become preeminent threats to human dignity because they directly attack life itself, the most fundamental human good, and the condition uh, for all others. And that one comes from uh, Living the Gospel of Life, number five. It is a mistake with grave moral consequences to treat the destruction of innocent human life merely as a matter of individual choice. A legal system that violates the basic right to life on the grounds of choice is fundamentally flawed. And that comes from that document. Mm -hmm. So I, I would highly recommend, if you go to our website, you can get this, you can read it over. Hopefully it will move you to want to take a look at a, a little more to help you to make a, a good informed decision concerning that. But, you know, to choose a candidate because a, a candidate runs on a platform and proposes an action which is intrinsically evil um, is the wrong reason. And I would say that, that, is, that that's a sinful choice, mm -hmm. right? You know, so let's talk about abortion. That's the biggest. You know, we look at something like Roe v. Wade which enshrined in law, and which was wrong, but it's, it's bad law, which enshrined in law the ability for um, a person uh, to procure an abortion, right? To end the life of an innocent child in the womb. 
And, and so that's enshrined in law. And um, so to promote that uh, or to promote enforcing that or, you know, continue, that's, that'd be an act that would be uh, considered sinful, right? Intrinsically evil act. And so I would say, well, what do we do then? We work to undo that, you know, acknowledging that it was a, you know, it was a bad decision. Supreme Court ruled wrongly in that. And we, and we know that at one time in our country, something, uh, slavery was, yep. was, uh, was legal. So it was viewed as something that was good and right and just and legal. Yep. Well, we know that it's not something good, right, just and legal, you know, to treat uh, another human person as, as property. Well, this law, Roe v. Wade, does the exact same thing. Yeah. And, um, and so that, that would be an action that would be always wrong. So we, don't, we would never want to promote um, or vote for a candidate uh, for that reason, because that person, um, I'm going to cast my ballot for this individual because this individual supports abortion. Mm -hmm. That in itself would be sinful. And so we want to make sure that we, that we, we avoid that at all costs. Uh, sometimes we might have a, uh, an election where we have two that say abortion is, is, uh, is good and it's just and we, it should continue to be enshrined in our law. Well, then right there you have to deal with the, the lesser of two evils. So we have, probably have to look at other things too. But, you know, there, there are certain things that carry more weight. And I would say that um, life carries the greatest weight because if you don't have life, what do you have? You have nothing. Mm -hmm. You have nothing. So let me hop down off my soapbox. That's good. <laughs> what about, do we want to touch real quick on um, maybe some issues that um, Catholics are sort of allowed to make up their own mind on, you know, yeah. infor inform themselves? Sure, sure. Prudential yeah. judgment, yeah. yeah, to make up. So we, we could see things that we are, um, like let's, let's say uh, national security. People mm -hmm. talk about our borders and everything. You know, every country has the right to, to have borders, to protect their borders, and to establish their borders. But we also want to say, okay, well, what about uh, the immigrant, the person who perhaps wants to come to this, this great, great country, who perhaps wants to come to this country um, to look for a better life for himself, or wants to come to this country because of fleeing a, you know, a war-torn country, whatever the case might be. So we would say that um, you can leave those things up to prudential judgment. You can say, if I have maybe two candidates and they, they both have different ideas on how to do this, mm -hmm. and you say, I like that person, I like that person's approach to it better, then it, again, that's a prudential judgment. But you have to, it has to be informed by your, your, own, your own decision, yeah. uh, by, your, by your conscience, has to be informed by, by, uh, by um, uh, the teachings of the church, as if we're speaking from a Catholic perspective. Um, and then the last one is the one that just sums it all up. And this is one I think where we've really lost, we've really lost it. Oh, yeah. And this one is related to what uh, St. Paul says in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 toward the end, 13, the beginning, and this is what everybody would call the, uh, the wedding reading, right? Yeah. <laughs> when he talks about love. But it's, you know, charity and kindness toward one another overall, regardless of their political affiliation. And this is what St. Augustine says. In what is necessary, unity. In what is not necessary, liberty. And in all things, charity. Paul says, when we die and we go to heaven, the only thing that will endure will be love. Mm -hmm. That's why it's the most important of all the virtues. And um, so let's, let's talk about uh, the, the presidential debate. That's the, 
the one thing the other night. I would say if there was one virtue that was not <laughs> operative, it was the virtue of charity. And what does Paul say? If I have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. A noisy gong or a clanging cymbal would give you a headache. As I said, I couldn't make it through the presidential debate because I got a headache, something I'd never get. And I eventually had to turn it off. And I talked to a lot of people that said they got a headache from it. Yeah. And um, because it was really like listening to not two men debating in a civil manner, they was listening to a noisy gong <laughs> and a clanging cymbal. Yeah and uh, trying to outdo each other. So I think we want to pray for that. Pray that, you know, we're, this is a national, this is a state, this is a local. Pray that um, in all these things, charity prevails. Yeah, it's a problem we see just with our fellow citizens too, you know, yeah. lack of charity, lack of, lack of trust, incivility. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, just pull up Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, when, exactly. I, when, I put, when I put this <laughs> online, you and I just before this we were reading some of the uh, responses. some of the responses, but somewhat out of you know just for entertainment. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah it's just uh, it's sad. taking it's it's reading your tweet in the, the tweeting of this in the least charitable view possible. Sure. Just assuming, yeah. 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 Um, I wanted to real quick. I think I quoted this to you a couple of weeks ago, but this brought me a lot of comfort, regardless of what happens in the election or future elections. Um, if you're a huge Tolkien fan like I am. Um, there's this letter that Tolkien wrote where he said, uh, he's, I am a Christian and I indeed a Roman Catholic so that I do not expect history to be anything but a long defeat, although it contains and in legend may contain more clearly and movingly some samples or glimpses of final victory. And I really like that because it, it, if you stake everything on this presidential election or the previous one or the next one, you're always going to be stressed out. But yeah. our final vision should always be on, like you said, your, your party affiliation is not going to get you to heaven. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. the final victory, the final, you know, getting ourselves, being good and living decent lives and getting, that's what matters. And Jesus yeah. has already won the victory. Yeah. You know, and, and what's one of the greatest tools that the, the devil likes to use is to discourage us, right? Mm -hmm. And I think in a lot of this stuff, we can get really discouraged. But, um, you know, to re remember that Jesus already won the victory. Where is our hope? Our hope is in the Lord, in the heaven and earth. And I think, I think anything Tolkien writes is great. Yeah. And he was a very, very, as he says, a very devout Catholic, yeah. wonderful man. Yeah. So thank you. So you're going to put that in the show notes, yeah. aren't you, so yeah. people can see that. It's great. It's too yeah. big to tweet. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, any final thoughts? No. Well, I, you know, I guess a couple things. Let's start with the beginning and finish with the end. The first is you know, um, participate, participate in public life by, by voting. If you're able to, make sure you vote, take advantage of that privilege and that opportunity. And then the final thing, above all things, charity, right? Put on love. Don't be that noisy, noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, right? Okay. Act out of love, which is desiring and willing the good for the other. All right. Well, thank you, Bishop. Well, do you want to, I think we need it this, this year, <laughs> especially you want to leave us with a blessing? Sure. I'd be happy to. May the Lord in his love and his mercy pour his spirit upon you and bless you. May he enlighten your minds and speak to your hearts so that all that you do might be to the greater glory of his name in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right. Thank you, Bishop. You're welcome. Thanks, Suzanne.